The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic to cosplay to Schitt's Creek to Supernatural and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this special live stream. I mean, it's not special. Well, it is special because we were planning this. (laughs) So... (laughs) We are going to be talking about Janet Jackson. We're continuing our celebration of Black History Month and also our celebration of music. I am so excited that we've been talking about so much music and we're going to be talking about a lot of music throughout the year. So it's really exciting. So Carla's here with me. Megan was supposed to be on, but she couldn't come on. I do have something that she has said that I'll say later that she wants to make sure to get across (laughs) about Janet Jackson, how much she loves Janet Jackson and what Janet Jackson did for music. But I'm very excited to be talking about Janet Jackson tonight. You know, I'm sad that Megan couldn't be here. But at the same time, a part of me is like, oh, cool. I won't have to just go ditto, 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 ditto when it becomes my turn. Uh, Maybe I can name things that other people don't name, which it's fine to say ditto and keep going because I would do it anyway. But and I did make a huge list. So it probably wouldn't have happened anyway. But still, So, but before we get into all things Janet Jackson, we are available on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can support the show, help us continue to do these live streams, do the show in general. So head on over to our link tree or the link in any of our show notes and support us. We have a rent episode up there right now, which is really good, I think. We will have some bonus American Horror Story episodes before you know it. I am watching Murder House now, and it, and it's still it's still one of the better ones. But once again, Ryan Murphy does not know how to do BDSM, and he never has. He just it's it really disturbs <laughs> the crap out of me. But anyway, so that'll be fun. So look for those. We're going to be talking about a Dusty L fanfic in the summer, and uh, people have been voting supporters that they want us to talk about films, which made me very happy, and bloopers. So, and behind the scenes stuff. So look for stuff like that to come soon too, if you are a Patreon subscriber. So Carla, were you able to think of what you're into? Yes. Okay. Because I had like three things that I'm into and I forgot them all before before we started going. And I was like, oh, what's the thing I'm into? Um, How about the thing that I've been talking and tweeting about all week, which is the cleaning lady on Fox. And yes, I know I said that after they've broken my heart so many times, I wouldn't fall in love with a Fox show ever again in its first season. And here I am doing it again. 
it is an excellent show and it is it was created by uh, an asian american woman and she wanted to tell the story of uh she, she wanted to see more representation of southeast uh asians on television and she wrote this fantastic show it's about a cleaning lady who happens upon a murder and now she's working for the bad guys but she's still a good person and the bad guy is really hot and he's also not super bad he's bad but he's not the worst and there's this fbi agent who is the worst i'm telling you all of this i have spoiled nothing go and watch it you will be intrigued it's only five episodes in so this is a perfect time to dive in that is not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> oh, what did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say the new Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson romantic comedy, Oh, Marry Me. Because I saw you tweet about that earlier. And I'm like, that's what she's going to say tonight. <laughs> well, so far, I've only watched it once. So I'm like, let me get, the, although the music in it is really good. The music in it is fantastic. It's both JLo and Maluma doing awesome stuff. And then there's Owen Wilson doing his Owen Wilson stuff. Doing his Owen Wilson stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Owen Wilson, Owen Wilson did. Yeah. But it's okay because JLo is in it and she's luminous. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to have to check it out because I've been seeing, because at first I was like, this looks so dumb. I, I'm sorry, but I was like, whatever it's see trailers. Oh, for like, sure. And then I kept seeing all these tweets like, this is actually really good. <laughs> It is. It's it's really sweet, but it doesn't go into a lot of the, the tropes that can make a rom-com really cheesy and bad. So I would be interested to, to know your opinion on a particular part of it. So let me know when you watch it, because there's, there's something that I think that will bother you, but that won't kill your liking the movie. Ooh. I've raised the stakes. Yeah, now I'm really curious. Well, what I'm into is, well, first I want to say, Bradley, I know you were nominated for an Academy <laughs> Award for producing for Nightmare Alley. So, hello. Remember, I'm here. I'm available. Slide into my DMs anytime you want. I, I'm, I'm picking out my Oscar dress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if like the thing is going to slip into your DMs as a restraining order. <laughs> I know to be like, who the hell is this girl? Why did I call myself a girl? Um, <laughs> I, I know that's not reality, Bradley. It's just a joke, okay? <laughs> you can calm down. But seriously, call me. <laughs> or email me at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. No, but what I'm into is there was a dance club here in Denver that I used to go to all the time called the Deadbeat Club. And it was I went in my 20s, so just a couple of years ago. <laughs> yes, yes, it's true. Uh <laughs> Totally. Yeah. And unfortunately, it burned down like the, the place it was like a couple of years ago. And there's this whole group on Facebook of people that used to go there and people have created like playlists. And so I've been going down memory lane, listening to songs like You Suck by Consolidated, which ladies out there. 
go listen to this song. Men, go listen to this song and don't get so scared. Um, it's about, you know, women taking control and saying, you're going to pleasure me down there. <laughs> it's a great song. It's an amazing song. Okay, so let's get into Janet Jackson. And what we're first going to start out with is, and I said name three max. I'm still keeping it. Fine, Erin. Yes. Fine. Carla, what are three of your favorite songs? Or you can say albums, although I kind of want to go back to just three songs because I'm worried. <laughs> yes, I will tell you one of my favorite albums, and then I'll talk about each and every song and why it's so meaningful to me. No, uh... I'm not going to do that. I was like, oh, it would be really funny, but it would only be funny to me. So yeah. I'm going to mostly stick to this. Okay, so first of all, the Velvet velvet Rope is one of my favorites. And partly it's, it's uh, simply a nostalgic thing because it came out when I was, well, I don't know if it came out when I was in college, but um, okay, so my, my, I have to say my local bestie, otherwise Meg gets upset. My local bestie and I went to college together and she was in a sorority and I would hang out there um, at the sorority house place, whatever, mm -hmm. all the time. And there was a time when like, I think five of the girls were going through heartbreak at the same time. And they would play the velvet rope over and over and over again. So it just kind of, became the song of that year and it just has a special place in my memory and because i they played it so much i didn't listen to it for a while because i was like i'm so done with this um and i came back to it and i was like oh no it's really solid it's it's not just you know college girls weeping over stuff um <laughs> over men who don't deserve it which let me tell you none of them did the song that had really nothing to do with any other situations that, that, okay, no, I'm not going to get into the song because no, it's three albums or a song. I was gonna so I'm going to say, wait on. a minute. <laughs> I'm going to move on to talking about Rhythm Nation 1814 and that album. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cry about it, Aaron. It's okay. <laughs> I love the entire album. It's, one of the first albums that I remember really getting into just all the way through. And I never owned it. That was one of the, the weird things about it is that I never owned the the album, but I had a friend who did. And, you know, like the thing in the 80s and 90s where you go to each other's houses with your CDs or your cassettes and like play music and whatever. So that's what we did. And I didn't realize how big a fan I was of this, of this album until recently that I was making like a list of all kinds of songs that are like from the eighties. And there were like five songs from this album on it. And I was like, Oh, right. Because they're all amazing. And they're all by Janet Jackson, who is amazing. And then the, the last fave that I'll mention is from control actually. And it's black cat because that song is absolutely amazing. Oh, Aaron's going to be like, damn it. There's still, there's only one person and she still managed to take everything. Everything. No, you didn't. I okay, good. <laughs> um, so Black Cat is so different from most of Janet Jackson's entire catalog. And for me, it's, I, I in my taste in music, I lean more towards rock and especially usually towards harder rock. 
And this was like right up my alley, especially at a time when, you know, everybody was telling me that, that, uh, that metal and hard rock were like, oh, the devil's music and everything. And I was like, but it's okay if it's a girl, right? <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. It's fine. Cause it's Janet Jackson. Just every bit of that song works so perfectly. There's not a single bad moment in it. It's fantastic. And still, every time that it comes on, it's one of those songs that I just can't skip. I have to play it all the way through and rock out to it. And my son is so tired of it. He used to love it. And now he's like, mommy, like oh, enough. <laughs> How many times do I have to listen to this? Ditto to everything Carla has said as well. But I also will just say, um, okay, so I'm going to single out some songs. First, I'm going to say Control, the song Control. And my love for the song got reignited by the movie Hustlers, which if you haven't seen Hustlers, go watch Hustlers. I think it's a really good and fun movie. One of the few movies where it's about female um, strippers and exotic dancers, but it's not like shot from the male gaze. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Jennifer Lopez, speaking of J-Lo, she is so good in that movie. So She's amazing in that movie. She, yeah. she should have been nominated for like yeah. a zillion things. Yes. It's hard because some of these I want to mention for videos too, but I'll just mention for videos too anyway. Uh, Nasty, I, I do love that song. Um, I'm not going to go into it too much because even though Carla will probably take it from me, it'll be mentioned <laughs> in a few minutes when we talk about music videos. Every Time from the Velvet Rope. I love that song a lot. Miss You Much and When I Think of You are my two favorites, honestly. I just, I, I like, I, I was just listening to When I Think of You, so it's playing in my head on a loop right now. <laughs> like, I'm having to stop myself from singing it. So I love, love those two. And I also love Love Will Never Do Without You. Sorry, I'm going over three. I just realized. I know. I'm sitting here like I'm up. To, I'm counting five now, Aaron. What are we going to do about this? Whoops, I just cheated. Okay, I'll stop then. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, Carla stuck to the three. And yet I am doing 17. I just it's okay. Going. It's my podcast. <laughs> I just keep going. I'm like, wait a minute, Aaron. That's you're way over three. Okay, I will stop. I'm sorry. So, I, so when you're editing a three and a half hour episode, just know that it's probably we'll see on you. Yeah, sorry, I broke that rule. I did want to say though, what's what's interesting to me about Janet Jackson, especially when I was going back and listening, like preparing for this and everything, and watching her music videos. You know, I'm not a pop music person usually. Honestly, that was not like my number one go-to. Even though, you know, I think she does she's has some rock stuff in there too. But to me, she's generally pop, poppy type stuff, which generally is not my my cup of tea all the time. When I've got as I've gotten older though, I have come to appreciate that music a lot more than I did before. Uh, and it's probably like the same with like 80s music. I grew to appreciate that more when I got older. And listening to her music, I'm like, oh, yeah, God, I love this song. I love this one. I love this one. I love this one. I love this one. I really, there's not a single song of hers that I didn't like when I was listening back to it. I was like, she's she's incredible. So even from her first two albums, I didn't listen to it. <laughs> Then I took 
took them for the team, and I can tell you, don't bother. They both suck. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get that on the down low there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, like it's it wasn't anything that she had really to do with. She wasn't interested yeah. in doing music at the time, and it, you can really tell. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, that's a, a lot of what she ended up doing with her life was at first, you know, she didn't have any control over. Um, it was a lot of her, of course, we all know the history of the Jackson family and um, especially Joe Jackson and and all that. So we know that stuff. But, I, you know, I think for her, I was watching little segments. Unfortunately, I don't have cable, so I wasn't able to watch the Janet Jackson documentary and I didn't see it streaming anywhere unless I'm just, unless you have live TV and I don't. Uh, but I did watch clips and little things like that. And, you know, she has, I mean, she's like still, you know, she loves her father and she's very um, forgiving and very, you know, but she didn't want to do a lot of stuff. Like she didn't want to be in fame at all. She did not want to do that show. And it wasn't because of the show. It was just not her thing. So I think that happened to her a lot. And I think you can tell in her music as her music goes on. I mean, it's clearly written in a lot of her songs, her pushing back and wanting to take control um, of her career and her life. And I think that's something she's always kind of fought for. And you can definitely see that. And that's why I think her music gets better because a lot of it's more her having a say in it. So, okay. Well, now we're getting to music videos. And I think her music videos are incredible. I was watching. It's like, they're just all just a big story. And some of them, I, I just, uh, I'm sure they're all going. Well, that's okay. I can go over the three because I've already decided. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Tell you what, Carl, why don't you, why don't I do three, then you do your three, and then I'll do three more. And then that way it's technically kind of in the rule. Yes. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, okay. Well, I, yes, I am going to start with Nasty because it's one of the, the, the first videos that I really remember paying attention to because it's like mm -hmm. these women are being harassed by these randos and like... Janet Jackson's not taking it. She's like, I'm so done with you. I'm going to actually like yeet myself into a movie screen. You know, like forget you, you know, and the, the dancing, I loved it so much. I loved the, her outfit with like that big jacket and I loved the hair and I loved the choreography. Everything about it was just so appealing to me. And I didn't realize it at the time, but yeah, you know, it, it's about dealing with, with something that women have to deal with just constantly for the crime of walking around at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, you know, anytime that you're doing anything and you, you see a man nearby, it's always kind of like, ugh, here we go. Because you don't know what they're gonna be doing or saying or whatever, and it's just really, it, it's frustrating and it's scary and and everything. And we don't all get to jump into a movie screen and dance and sing our way through it. It's, you know, it can be a lot more awful than that. But this was such a great, and first of all, it's just a great song. It's so much fun to listen to and to dance to and, you know, to get sassy with. But there's also like one line that, that always stuck out to me 
and that in its own way influenced my my whole thing on dating, which is I'm not a prude, I just want some respect. And I think that back when I was dating and, you know, like, um, I, you know, I graduated from high school in 96. So we had the influences of things like um, 90210 and then Dawson's Creek and then all of these shows that made the, the quote unquote pure girl really boring and like she, there was something wrong with her because she didn't want to to let go and you know go with the flow which in their mind meant go and have sex so it was just it's something that 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 stuck with like all of my friend groups in those ages and it was always always a thing of like oh carla you're such prude and whatever and I kept insisting it's not about prudishness. It's like, this is just who I am. This is what I want. So at least for me, like having that in my mind, I'm not a prude. I just want some respect. Was like a reassurance. Like, even if I didn't get that reassurance from people that I knew in real life, Janet had my back. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's one. <laughs> and I only talked about it for 10 minutes. And another one of her videos that I that I loved, and it's not a a like an actual like produced video. It's it's a um, what's it called like a, a recorded version of, of a stage show of her song "What About" from the Velvet Rope album. And yeah, the, the lyrics are pretty clear as to what the song is about. It's about abuse in a relationship, and trying to leave that relationship and, you know, learning to value yourself and all of that. But it's not, until, it, for me, it didn't click as hard until I watched the video um, of this performance where it's the entire chorus just comes through so much more powerfully with the, the choreography and the dancers. And um, the, most of the time through the song, Janet's just kind of sitting on the stage, letting the, the the dancers perform, but it's it's just like so powerful and so moving, and it just it, it's kind of not quite as rocking as Black Cat in a rock sense, but it's it's close to it, and it has like a, a lot of uh, the the lyrics and the way that she sings them just have so much power. Through. And she's not really like necessarily a powerful singer in general, but there are a couple of songs where she really punches through, especially hard. And it's it's hard to describe it unless you've listened to a lot of her of her music because she she does have like a softer voice and um, like a kind of fluffy higher register in some of it. But in these songs, it's it's, it's like it's coming from somewhere so deep inside of her that it's clawing its way out. And this is what, what I feel when I um, watch that. And then a third video that I love of hers, and it's, it's so hard to narrow it down because she's like iconic in part because of her music videos. Yes. Um, but I, I do have to go with, <laughs> I'm just waiting for Aaron to like be like, damn it. Girl. I know, <laughs> I'm waiting for me to be like that too. 
I, I initially I wanted to go with with Scream, when it's her and Michael Jackson, because when I first watched it, I mean, it's it's a stunning video, and I also really like looking at the the little one bit where they're playing with like video game controllers, and he reaches over and he's like, you know, kind of kind of, kind of pushing it out of her hands, and it just seems like a really cute brother sister interaction where they're having a good time. But then I watched the documentary and it's like, it wasn't like that at all. Um, she didn't really get to interact with her brother much. And it wasn't like the kind of brother-sister reunion that she had hoped it would be. So it, it kind of, you know, extinguished that flame for that video a little bit. And an ever-reliable and, and amazing backup is Rhythm Nation. Because it's it has like that amazing choreography and it's such a hopeful song, but it's also a song that's all of that album, all of the Rhythm Nation album is very social politically conscientious and it has a lot of great messaging. And she has said that that part of the reason that she wanted to pursue that in that album is because she like a lot of her her influences were like Bob Dylan and U2 and, you know, um, all of these people who spoke to more mature audiences and she wanted to do something similar for younger audiences to, to have people connect to these bigger issues through more poppy music and, and dance and everything. And all of that really comes across in the video and in the choreography and in the message that, you know, we can work together to make this world better. And it's a very utopian kind of um, view on 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 that, and it, it in that sense it's also very naive, but it's also very hopeful and uplifting. And I really, I love that. And it, it's just one of the best choreographies in any video. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that those were all on my list, but that's okay. <laughs> Which is why you made a mega list. Yes, and I can always say ditto, and I feel the same way, and I can add there other things to it. So, and then you know. have a list to edit, so. Yes, yes. What have you done for me lately? I really like that video also because, you know, it all takes place in like a little like cafe, restaurant place. And what I love is <laughs> there's a part where it turns into like, uh, you know, people don't turn into cartoons or comic strip characters or anything. But the restaurant ends up becoming like that, like a drawing and everything. And it really reminded me when I was re-watching it today of um, AHA's video, Take On Me. And I and I, what I liked about this is it's like that same kind of thing in a way, except it's more to this, like, you know, what have you done for me? And very, like, very much taking control and... Um, and the dancing is um, so good. Uh, all the dancing in her videos, I want to say, her dancing is incredible. The choreography and all the dancers she has with her are amazing. Like, I wish I could dance like that because I love dancing. But I'm like, uh, I, I'm trying to when I'm watching it. I'm like, I'm so glad no one else is watching me do this. I, like, I have like four left feet. It's really pathetic. <laughs> yeah, Carla and I could do a little dance off right now <laughs> <laughs> but you make sure that we have somebody like watching with the phone in their hands ready to call 911 for us 
I also think did I mention Escapade? I think Escapade is really fun. It's a it's a sweet video, and you know it's a little bit more on the lighter side for the album that it came from, but it's it's really fun. I really like that video a lot. Um, I think when I think of you is a blast. It kind of for some reason reminds me, even though I don't like West Side Story, for some reason the way it's done reminds me of that. It remi- it's like a play and a musical come to life in the streets. And, and uh, you know, it's funny that in the end, like the neighbor that keeps complaining about everybody making noise gets arrested <laughs> instead of the people dancing around. And that's just kind of cute. And I know I said three only, but I'm throwing in control really quickly just because <laughs> it's like a nine minute video. <laughs> oh, so we have exceptions from when the video is twice as long as a standard video. Got it. Noted. <laughs> well, I just think it's important to say because it's like a whole story. You know, you have the whole opening thing where she's trying to break free from her parents and all this stuff and gain control. And then you see her on stage performing and all those men around her. I have to say, I was like, some of them were kind of gross. I mean, they were just like grabbing her butt and uh, anyway, men. <laughs> But, I, you know, there's something about her. I, What I think it is is, you know, yes, her voice may seem softer and stuff, but she's got such a presence and she's so powerful on stage and when she's performing and when she's acting, when she's that even that like softness, it's not it's well, there's still soft. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, it's very this, this powerful thing where like you were saying, where she's like. It's from her soul. It's from her heart. And you're seeing it all there. So, yeah. Because you don't have to have like a power, powerhouse voice like Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey to be a, a great singer. Yeah. You know, it, it really just takes being able to move the listener and to uh, to do it consistently and to really sell the song in the sense that you believe it so wholeheartedly that whether or not you wrote it, it's coming from your heart. Like it's it's a it's a piece of you that you're presenting. Mm-hmm. So let's get into Poetic Justice, the movie Poetic Justice by John Singleton, also starring Tupac Shakur and Regina King and Tone Loke makes <laughs> appearance. I forgot. I was like, oh wait, it's Tone Loke. <laughs> All these people, like a bunch yeah. of. Yeah, a bunch of people. And, of course, Maya Angelou's poetry. And she's in there in the movie as well. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that, too. I haven't seen this movie since it was first out. I just watched it today. It's on Prime or Tubi. (laughs) If you like your experience full of weird commercials in odd places. Yes, yes. (laughs) Who doesn't, though, really? (laughs) It adds some suspense. It's art. (laughs) When are they going to throw that in there? In the middle of a kiss? (laughs) Someone's getting shot. Cut to commercial. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cut to the grilled cheese commercial. Um, (laughs) So, Carla, I know you told me this was your first time ever watching this, right? Yeah. I I decided to watch it earlier this week. And now I can say that I've seen it. Back to you, Erin. No, (laughs) I'm kidding. I was like, oh, she really is just going to say that. (laughs) Because, like, you know, 
I, I've heard great things, I've heard not so great things, and I've watched it. And for me, just as a film, it was kind of meh. I didn't really, you know, but I've read more about it and, you know, I, I've kind of come to understand more the significance of it versus whether it works. And the significance of it is that a lot of the times Black women are not given really the stage in film, which is still true to this day, but particularly back when this movie came out, it was very true. And in John Singleton's previous movie, Boys in the Hood, th there was a lot of criticism for the way he portrayed women as just, you know, single mothers, one-dimensional, you know, not really having either agency or a story of their own. So he partially set out to kind of correct that and to, you know, the backdrop is still LA and not LA, but like in LA, uh, I forget the name of the neighborhood. I think it was South Central. Yeah, there is it was South Central. Yeah. And then yeah. a lot of it takes place more in Northern too. So. Right. And the backdrop is all of the violence that is still going on, all of the, uh, because even in the beginning of the movie, uh, Justice's, Justice's like the character played by Janet Jackson, her boyfriend is killed by a, um, a gang member from a rival gang. And then she's walking down the street and there's, you know, there are cops taking down a person. And there are times when they're like gunshots in the background and she's just, you know, doodling in her notebook because that's just how life is. So there are, there are a lot of, of things that are really good about the movie because it just shows her dealing with grief, moving past it to open her heart up to somebody else. And the, the quintessential story of snooty girl and the, the guy who's kind of into her, but is kind of grossed out by her snootiness. And then they go on a road trip and uh, they start to fall in love. So the, there are a lot of, you know, sweet cliches and a lot of interesting things that were not really discussed or put on film before this point. And I think that part of the reason that I didn't really connect with it is because I'm looking at it from a 2022 lens when representation has changed, not hugely, but has changed enough that I didn't really connect with the movie. So I don't know if I had watched it when I was younger, it may, it I may have a different feeling about it. I, I still think that it's worth watching because the story is sweet and it has a lot of not so sweet parts to it, but that's, part of what John Singleton was trying to to show the world is that this is real life for a lot of people and they still manage to fall in love and, and have kids and all of these things. And the song, again, it's it's a beautiful song and it's so poignant. And that, that moment in the song where her voice breaks, it's oh, it breaks my heart every single time it, it, her voice just is perfect for this song and the song is perfect for her and for the moment in, in the film. The video, I, I didn't really care for, that the, the official video, because I think it, it just takes away a lot of what the, um, 
of what I perceive in, in the song, but it's, if you haven't heard that song, I think that if you, if you go and put it on, you'll be like, oh, I have totally heard this song because it was everywhere for a while and it's deserved because it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you hear like, you hear um, the music from it throughout, like you hear just, um, not the, not the singing, but you hear it's part of the score, basically. So you'll hear part of it throughout the movie and then you actually hear the song at the, the end. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really, really good song. I didn't put it on my list because I had a feeling we'd bring it up. <laughs> so. um, and it also has, you know, Regina King is in it and she's amazing in it. And Tupac Shakur was yeah. so good too. Like he could have had an amazing future in, in, in film. I agree. He's really, really good. And, and they have amazing chemistry. I know that was talked about a lot when this movie came out and they still talk about it a lot. And I know I was watching clips from the Janet Jackson documentary and I know Regina King was talking about that, how amazing their chemistry was and how they both were just completely in, I guess it was like awe of each other and just really respected each other. So it was one of those things where nothing happened, but you know, maybe if they'd have been in different times in their life or something like that, maybe it could have. You know, I remember watching this movie when it first came out because, you know, John Singleton and, and sometime we'll have to talk about John Singleton, I think, on this podcast at some time because at some point, excuse me, because, you know, there's a lot to say and a lot to delve into and to critique with his movies. But I remember he was a huge, huge deal and like opened a lot of doors and changed a lot of things things then I mean not completely but you know that's the way he was thought of you know when Boys in the Hood came out that was like this huge huge thing and I know now a lot of people looking back you know there's a lot of critique of his movies um, which are justified and some of them I can't personally speak to but I but I know there is a lot of critique, especially looking back. And when you watch a lot of these movies, it's just like with watching when I'm watching like Fresh Prince or any of these things that were back in the 90s or anything like that. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, some of the things you see in these, it makes you just cringe, you know, because you're watching it through a different lens. And I think also when you get older, things are a lot different, too. But I, I wanted to just mention her performance because I think she is a really, really good actress. Uh, there's a scene in here where she, cause she's dealing with her grief. That's a lot of what this is also about is she's dealing with the grief of seeing her boyfriend shot in the head in front of her when they're at a, at a drive-in and they're having like, they're in the middle of a romantic moment and, and then that happens. And I mean, having someone murdered, losing someone you love is traumatic enough, but having to see that, I think no matter if it's something that you're used to, I don't care that that's got to be very, very hard to watch. And I think for her, she was kind of shutting down and was like, I'm not going to open myself up to love. I mean, like they say, she's always wearing black. And then you see as it progresses, she wears white later on, but there's a, a, moment where she puts on something white actually this is before the the road trip and she's standing in a mirror and she's listening to stevie wonder and she's like trying to do like all these different facial expressions to kind of get herself out of this uh depression and grief is the way i kind of took it and she just 
cries all of a sudden she starts she cries and a tear and it's just the way she does that because there's not a word she's not really saying anything at that point but she says everything with that moment of it's like she wants to get past this but she doesn't know how and when she meets lucky tupac's character you know their little meet cute <laughs> in her in her salon <laughs> i loved this actually i thought <laughs> the little mom compliment Yes. And she's like, come here, I'm going to whisper something in your ear. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so amazing. And she's just playing with him and totally, you know, like, uh-uh. You know, and it's a total enemies to lovers story. I mean, it, they're fighting all the time. He even horribly kicks her out of, because he's a, he's a, he's a uh, postal worker. And so he's driving this mail truck with three people I know. It's, wild. it's like we have to take all this mail up to northern california why don't we get a bunch of people two of them can screw in the back and we'll make a party out of it and i'm thinking how fast does that mail truck drive is what I'm <laughs> especially because they're driving like on highway one i think through part of it or they had to be because you'd see like the coast and everything it looked it made me want to go to the ocean so bad yeah. It and was gorgeous. Yeah. But and I so was you like, that, but... Do they know that you're making a stop at this girl's apartment complex to pick her up and that you're like stopping at this random barbecue and invading a family reunion? Is that okay by the USPS? <laughs> <laughs> Things were different back then, Carla. <laughs> they allowed you to party. You know, before GPS took over. <laughs> it's just like get it there by sometime tonight. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the people that had their mail delayed must have been like, whew. And then I was like, I hope they're not having sex on the mail. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the things you think of. But but there are also, like, scenes in here that I forgot, like, um, <laughs> when a Regina King's boyfriend, when he punches her, I forgot about that scene. And I was like, oh, my God, that was, oh, I was so scared something else was worse was going to happen after that. But that was a really, that was really hard. But I want to know, Carla, because poetry is so big in this. She, she writes poetry. The poetry in here is, is Maya Angelou's. And you'll hear, um, you'll hear Justice like doing like a voiceover reading poems. Did you like the poetry in here? Okay, listen. So here's my thing with poetry. Okay. I'm not very good at understanding what the hell's going on where poetry is involved. So it sounded really nice. The words were mellifluous and there were things that sounded like good and pretty and sometimes sad and pretty. And also uplifting and pretty, but sometimes also reflective and pretty. I assume it's fantastic objectively because it's Maya Angelou. And therefore that has its own quality of approval right then and there just kind of built into it. And that is my take on the poetry in Poetic Justice. That was good. Well, I love poetry. I have written poetry on and off my whole entire life. What I love about poetry is 
it's what it just like any art form, but I think really with poetry, it is up to you to decide what you feel the poem is for you, because it's probably going to be exactly, it's probably not going to be what it was for the writer because poetry to me is, uh, in my opinion, more than any other form of writing. It's like, basically you're just cutting yourself open and bleeding on the page. And that's the way I've always viewed it. And that's why I've always loved writing poetry. It can be painful. And, you know, I, I've written a lot of very dark poetry. My poetry is very dark. You know, it's gotten me in trouble when I was a teenager because it was so dark. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, <laughs> but I love poetry. And, you know, I, I used to have like a, my own poetry writing group that I created where we would meet at a coffee shop. And yes. Yes, it's a stereotypical going into a coffee shop, cigarette smoking, drinking coffee, <laughs> writing poetry. Yes, I know. Very cliche. Were there berets involved? <laughs> were people no, snapping no. their fingers after you recited one of your works? No, but I did. I did do that once. I did go to a slam poetry um, night once where, where I actually went, okay, I'm going to get up there. And I got up there. Nice. That was the most vulnerable thing I've ever done in my life because it was like, okay, here I am. <laughs> yeah, no, because it, you know, poetry really is bearing yourself, mm-hmm. just putting it all out there. And that's the thing, like, I love writing it. I cannot get poetry from other people into my head unless I've read it a million times and it's been explained to me. No, I, I totally get that. I totally understand that. I think I love it also because to me, it's music. It's just like music. It's, you know, I think that's what lyrics of music are, or poetry. So uh, for me, it's the same kind of thing. But yeah, they, they weren't, they weren't snapping. <laughs> but it was a lot of like, you know, yes, and clapping and very, you know, very encouraging. And yeah, you do a lot of that, a lot of that talking back and, you know, you know. Yeah, it's it's a whole world. It's a world. I'm telling you, it's a whole I'm, different kind I'm of I'm fascinated by it. And at the same time, not very interested in, in participating because I would just sit there and be like, it sounded good. Some of it rhymed, some of it didn't. Both <laughs> words are fine. <laughs> I have to tell you, I went to a poetry slam once as a first date with somebody. I do not recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's a great w- way to gauge whether they have tolerance for things that they may not get. Very true. Very true. Yes. Yes. He was a nice guy, but it was a very weird first date to have. I have to tell you, that was not really because you couldn't <laughs> talk either. It was kind of right. <laughs> Okay, fair, yeah, yeah. I mean, we did go outside, and that's when I smoked, and we both smoked, and so we did go outside, you know, and he had his long black, you know, he was a goth, so that's my type, duh, surprising. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so shocked. Yeah, dark black hair, I know, you're shocked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I that, and I was lucky enough to see um, Maya Angelou here, oh gosh, this was like, Oh, a long time ago, like 15 years ago, I want to say something like that. Um, might've been longer than that at, uh, DU, which is, uh, Denver university. And that was incredible. That was an amazing experience. I feel very lucky that I got to see her. 
um, and listen to her words and to listen to her words in person is a lot more powerful than listening to them anywhere else, I have to say. So, yeah. And then I also want to just say I had some trouble with Lucky because Lucky was always wearing a white socks. <laughs> <laughs> that was the problem with Lucky. <laughs> the only thing. Otherwise, perfect. However, his choice in sports teams leaves a lot to be desired. I know. I was like, am I really seeing that? Am I really seeing that? And I did write that down in my notes. I just went white socks. Because <laughs> if you don't know, dear listeners, I'm a Cubs fan. So that was really not okay. <laughs> I feel like, like a lot of people are going to start writing you hate mail. Just about <laughs> your preference there. It'll be the most hate mail I get because <laughs> I said that. But I wanted to make sure to just bring that up because I think, I mean, she's done a lot of stuff acting wise, but I just wanted to bring that one up just because, um, I don't know, I thought it was an important one to talk about. And I, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a, a very important film in general and her, her performance in it was so good. And it's, it's just one of the many skills that she has that you're just, you know, constantly blown away by all of the amazing things that she can do. She's she's phenomenal. Janet Jackson is just a phenomenal woman. She really is. She's just a natural. Yeah, she definitely is. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Okay, and I'll just say quickly, trigger warning for this next part, because we're going to talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. And the only reason I'm saying trigger warning is because, of course, we're going to deal with a lot of sexism and, of course, racism galore with this, too. But I also think, you know, there's a lot of stuff in here also about um, a woman and um, her rights to her body. So and violating a woman's body and her choice and stuff. I think that also goes into this personally. So I'm sure you remember when this the Super Bowl incident happened with her and Justin Timberlake. So what are your thoughts on this whole incident it's absolutely ridiculous that that there were first of all that there were so many consequences as a result, so many changes to what the um, the FCC demanded of um, of broadcasters, so much vitriol against Janet Jackson in particular. And all over something that was over in not even a second, something that was by, you know, by her account, and that's the only account that I care about, an accident. And that was very embarrassing for her, you know, like, instead of everybody being like, oh my God, how embarrassing, you know, like, oh, is she okay? You know, like, is, has anybody checked on her? Everybody's like, ha, 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 we saw a boob. That's like, th that was the 
one of the biggest reactions. And then after we saw a boob, it's like, oh no, but it was a black woman's boob. So ew. And that, you know, and I know that, that I've talked about it before on this fandom thing about how so often the, the relationship between sexuality and black women is made to be so complicated because of so much racism. And would the response have been the same had it been a white woman's boob who was exposed? I don't think so. And even though misogyny is definitely deeply a part of this, you you have this component where I'm pretty sure that if it had been a, a white woman performing that people would have said, oh my God, poor thing. And you know, like, oh, she, but she was so embarrassed. Let's stop talking about this. I wish that they would stop airing that clip. And it, it was just replayed a bazillion times. And in the end, everything fell on her. It was, it's her fault. She is disgusting and lewd and how dare she have exposed herself as if this white dude didn't pull her shirt off. You know, it's, it's not like she went out there and, and like pulled her top of herself. Justin Timberlake did that. And the reaction had almost nothing to do with him, which is how you know that it's not about decency. I, I mean, there's just no excuse for the way that she has been treated, for the way that her career was derailed, for her being um, banned from, from certain events, from her being disinvited from award ceremonies, from all the repercussions that she suffered because he did that and he got off scot-free. And in the documentary, you know, she she says that that he came to her and, and he asked, you know, should I say something? You know, should I do a public apology? And then she said, you know, just let it let it be. And uh, I, I just and again, you know, like her account is the only account that matters to me in this. So if, you know, her choosing to go that route, I find to be frustrating because that is not something that I would recommend to somebody and especially knowing how um, black women are treated in the first place and how precarious her, her situation was no matter how successful she was. But in the end it's, it's, that was her choice. And she says she's good with it and that she and Justin Timberlake are still, are still friends and everything. But like, I, as a fan and as a viewer, will never be over the injustice of her bearing the brunt of something that she had no fault in and that to this day continues to be a seen as like a, a, a bad thing against her. Like, it, like it's still it's still made to be her problem. And how are we still even debating that? Yeah, ex exactly. And yeah, it, it, I mean, it's, it's just like in this, you know, the reaction sh should have been 
more, you know, oh, wanting to make sure that she's okay and wanting to make sure that she's okay and, and that, that, that she feels okay and feels loved and feels safe. Um, especially the safe part, I think more than anything, because that's millions of people seeing that brief moment and judging you the way they judged her. That's, I mean, it's disgusting. I remember the next day being at work and, you know, trying to have an open dialogue about this and all of my coworkers saying, you don't know what you're talking about. We have kids. So this was horrible and disgusting. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm like, I know I don't have kids, but. <laughs> right. It's like, oh no, we accidentally saw a piece of boob for less than a second. I know. I was like, serious. In, in, in what way? First of all, like, do your children not know that boobs exist? Is this is this an anatomy problem? Like, do your children? I I just I I don't, I don't understand. Like, how old are these children that they don't know that boobs are a thing? And they're like, well, we have young kids, and I'm like, uh, you have you, yet you're letting them watch a game where people like attack each other on a field. Yes. Could, could cause serious brain damage. You you're okay with your kids seeing that. You're okay, but that. You're okay with them watching the cheerleaders, right? Who are doing too. far more who are far less clothed often and who are doing far more sensual, suggestive things. And that's not to put the cheerleaders down, but to put down these parents who would compare an accidental reveal of a of a partial nip that was mostly covered in a shield. Mm-hmm. But oh wait, sorry, I keep forgetting that she's black. So my yeah. bad. That's exactly what it was. I mean, no one, of course, said that outright. At least not that. I mean, I heard. I'm sure people did say that. I'm not saying people didn't say that. And you know, the fact that she wasn't invited to the Grammys, and yet he was invited to the Grammys. The fact that her career took a hit and his career only continued to prosper is disgusting. I mean, it's just disgusting. And I mean, yes, I respect what she is going to say, but because it was her body, it was her that was there. It was, she had to deal with the aftermath. I just, I, I don't think Justin Timberlake is a good person with the way that that was handled. I just don't, I just can't. And even though she has come out and said that, you know, he came to her and she said she's the one who suggested this and blah, blah, blah. Um, out of decency, he should have not needed to ask something. You know, he, he could have just gone up there and said, it was not a planned thing. You know, like I, at no point that we sit there and discuss, okay, do you want to review the righty or the lefty? It, it's not, you know... It, it, it's what, like, I think it was last year that he finally came out and said something about it. Mm-hmm. It, come on, just out of the the, the sake, uh, if this is somebody that you consider a friend, and you let them, you've left them hanging for all of these years, and also where's the solidarity that she gets us invited to the Grammys, and instead of saying, well, then I'm not going either, he's like, okay, cool, see you in the, the next one, maybe. Yeah, it's like, well, and it's. <laughs> It's basically what he's doing by saying, by saying, should I do this? He's basically putting the onus on her. So it's all her thing, her controlling. So he can be the good guy 
who I was very nice. And I asked her, I mean, I asked her if I should make a statement. She said I shouldn't. So I haven't done anything wrong. I wanted to do the right thing. I mean, it really, that's what he's doing by doing that. And it's just disgusting. Yeah. It's it's passing the book because I think that if, if you know anything about Janet Jackson, it's that she's shy. She doesn't really seek out public attention into her private life and that she's a very kind, forgiving person. So it's almost like, not as a courtesy that he asked her, but as, as a way to exculpate himself and then be able to cover himself. It's just, I, I just, I find him disgusting anyway, but like, this is really, mm -hmm. this, this was like the, the biggest blow well, that's in the Britney thing, where the, the biggest blows to my perception of who he was as a person. Yep. Agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And, you know, she, you know, Janet Jackson dealt with a lot of uh, body shaming throughout her life. And to me, this is just another one of those, you know, incidents. I mean, it was a lot of when she was on fame, you know, there were all those horrible rumors that she like gave up a child because she'd gained weight when she was on birth control. And I mean, anyway, <laughs> I could do a whole thing about that. We'll have to do a whole thing about body, body issues and stuff because she, she's a beautiful, amazingly beautiful woman. And it's just sad to me that, it's not surprising, but it's just sad to me that she has to take the brunt of the suffering for this. And it's more like a joke for him. It's more like, oh, that funny little moment. Right. No. No. Okay. Uh, well, let's, like I said, unfortunately, I was trying to watch the documentary and I, I don't have live TV. So I was able to watch clips, though. Lots of clips. So I was able to get a sense and I read up and I've, I've read reactions and followed on, on Twitter when it was first out. So you did watch the whole thing then, Carla? Okay. So what are your thoughts on, on the documentary, the Janet Jackson documentary? I thought it was very interesting and I really like that it's a, an actual documentary in which she had a say that it wasn't something that somebody put together behind her back and, you know, whatever, like she got to to speak her mind and say her piece. And she had the support of just a whole legion of people who, whether they're in the public eye or not, have mattered to her, to her professionally, personally, or both. There were a lot of, of really revealing moments, really interesting things where you get to know more details about things like her marriages and and her relationship with her family. And the impression that you really get out of this is that, like I said, she's very shy. Um, she's also very determined. And that's one thing that people, I think, often get confused about. Shyness does not mean that you're not in control of your life or that you don't have a say in your life. It just means that I don't want to talk to you about it. <laughs> it, it. That's really what it comes down to. It's like, you're not part of my inner circle. Why would I want to be talking to you about it? Or kind of like, I'm not comfortable talking to strangers about it. 
and seeing her, especially seeing so much of the footage that her second husband, Renee, took of her in like those 10 years that they were together, you get to see a lot of the, the very playful side of her. That, and it's just so endearing. Like so many of the, the more home video type things are really cute and endearing. And she has this very loving relationship with her family. She has a great admiration for her siblings. She also has a lot of forgiveness, but also I feel kind of excuses for the men in her life because it's, and I think that this is something that, because you know her, her family is very religious and one of the, the things that, I mean, I, and I don't know about other religions, but I know Christianity kind of pushes us to, to forgive in spite of the gravity of the offense or of who the offender is. And in some ways that can be great and very liberating for both you and the person, but in the particular ways in which you're taught to do this forgiveness, a lot of it has to do with letting the person back in your life and making excuses for why they were like this and to minimize the impact of their decisions and actions on you and your life. And not to be like an armchair psychologist about this, but I just really feel like that there's a lot of gaslighting her into, into forgiveness and into letting go and into moving on because Joe Jackson was just abusive. There's, there's, there's absolutely no mincing words about it. He was an abusive father. And the, the way that, that she talks about him, it's like, well, it was complicated and, you know, he was a very strict father and, you know, this and all that. And it's like, um, no, that's, that, that's abuse. What you're describing is, is abuse. Her, the way that she talks about, particularly about Renee, I think, because Renee had so much control over her image, especially, I think that that was one of the biggest things. He had so much control over her image. And it's, it's, you go from seeing somebody who pretty much rebels from her family by um, trying to get away from them and, and marrying somebody so that she can't get away from them. And then that doesn't work out and she comes back into the fold. And in that, that moment in time when she's able to be away from them, she's establishing herself as an artist in her own right and, you know, putting out music that she, that matters to her and that it, it's more in, in, um, in line with her taste and with her, the messaging that she wants to get across, but then gets swept up by this, this guy who takes all of that over and, and, and demands that she be more sexy, you know, and, and you can really kind of feel the, the influence on those albums, because I, I think like there are a lot of albums around that time and afterwards where the substance of what I love about Janet, is only kind of there. I mean, like all of the stuff that I mentioned that I love from her catalog is from like the, the 90s and before, because there's that whole period of time where, and not to say that, that she doesn't have agency in this, because... I'm sure she does, 
and th there's nothing wrong with being sexy and sexual, but it just didn't have like that, that same heart in it that I heard in the earlier stuff. And, and even in, in her more recent album from 2015, Unbreakable, it's a return to more of her, of her roots. But on the whole, like I, I just kind of left feeling like I understand some things a lot better, but also I feel like a profound sadness for her because it's it's like she's given up so much of herself for a lot of men who honestly didn't deserve all of that energy that she put into them. Yeah, yeah, wonderfully said. Like I said, I didn't get to watch the whole thing. I did watch clips and read a lot. And I agree with that about, uh, you know, she she said in there she is she has a tendency to date men who are addicts, um, and she that's happened to her a couple of times. You know, she is the youngest in the family, and I think you know she said she kind of felt like she didn't know where her place was, where she fit, kind of felt like an outsider from all of that, and lonely. I think she was very lonely as a child. Is kind of the impression I got. And, you know, I think with with shy people, what people don't often realize with people who are shy is, you know, people who are shy will be called either like, oh, you've got to stick up your butt or you're an angel or you do nothing wrong or you have like, you know, you're this sweet, innocent person. And I think a lot of times people don't think people that are shy are powerful people at all or have any kind of power. And I think, unfortunately, I think a lot of people think that of Janet Jackson and, you know, that's BS just because you're shy does not mean you aren't a powerful person. It doesn't mean you're not like, you know, that you don't like to have fun that you don't, it doesn't mean any of that. It just means like you said, Carla, it just means you don't want to talk at that moment or you're just different. You're just, you know, it might be harder for you in certain such social situations or, you know, I've been shy. I'm a shy person. You know, when I was younger, I would be a very talkative to people that knew me and talk constantly. And be, and then like my mom would go to like parent teacher conferences and they'd be like, she never talks in class. She never does it. She never, she's so shy. And my mom's like, who are you talking about? This is, you know, so it's that kind of where I am not like that with people that I'm comfortable with or in situations like that, or, you know, uh, you know, or in situations where I feel in control is another big thing that I don't feel as shy. And doing this podcast and getting older and everything like that is, you know, kind of broken that shy mold. But I was when I was younger, it wasn't like that. And that's why I turned a lot to performing. And I, and I wonder, even though she didn't always want to do this, I wonder if that helped her a lot with her shyness in some respect of being able to perform and to get out there because a lot of people don't realize a lot of actors are very shy people like incredibly shy people and people don't realize that but I think it's it's the way that a lot of shy people kind of break out of their shell and a lot of artists are like that you know um, I've met artists that are like they're just very gregarious on stage and then they're, they're off stage and like hi hi you know very quiet but still still powerful uh, but I do agree also with what you said about men with her. She's um, she's overly forgiving and it makes me sad, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, it makes me very sad because, I don't know, it just makes me want to go, oh, 
no, 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 no. You deserve better is the way it makes me feel. I'm like, I, I don't think she realizes her own worth. I yeah, know. I think that's 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 it. Like I, you hit the nail on the head. She deserves better, but I don't think I think that she's made her peace with what she with what she's gotten mm -hmm. because like what what else can you do when you don't think that you deserve more? Yeah, and she's had to, you know, she's had to pay the price in a lot of respects for everything that's happened to ever, other people in her family. I mean, in particular, really big with Michael Jackson. I think that's the big thing. I mean, she talked about that a lot, that with the accusations against him, people basically leveled, said, well, you're, you're part of the, you're part of it too, then, even though it's not about her, it's about him. And so I think that that's a very, very hard thing to live with, especially if you're someone that, you know, um, with religion, I think that's a, that's a big part of it is I think sometimes, you know, religion is not always a great thing and religion is used as an excuse to forgive a lot of crappy and horrible behavior. And I think, unfortunately, she's had that instilled in her for so long that there's a part of her that can't break free from that. And she's still, I think, you know, and I don't know this, this is just, you know, like Carlos said, armchair psychologist here. But it's kind of like, I feel like there's a little part of her that's still that little girl who's struggling to find a place in her family. And I think she feels afraid to at all say anything bad about her family because yeah. she doesn't want to miss her family. Kind of thing, yeah, so. well, I mean, Joe has been dead for how, for how many years now? Mm -hmm. And even so, there's not almost anything that you can find Janet Jackson having said negative about her father. Latoya, on the other hand, who has been a lot more vocal about the treatment that her father gave her her and her siblings, is, you, you don't hear, like she was an interview for this, I don't know what their relationship is, is right now, but I know that she was estranged from the family for some time because she was not shy about saying no what Joe was doing was wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, 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 I don't know if that's something that Janet was like not looking to do in her life, be estranged from her, from her family in that way. But it, it's, it's just really sad. It's really sad to see because she is a glorious human being and she deserves better than what has been handed to her and what she has accepted. Cause she really like radiates light. I mean, she really does. You just watch her and she radiates light. Yes. It's really yes. beautiful. It's really a beautiful thing to see. And that's why it makes it so like, uh, <laughs> yes. It's so frustrating because like, you just want to go and give her a hug and say, look, Janet, you're amazing in your own right. You know, it, it, it's, if you had never set foot on a stage, if you had never, sung a single note, you're still an amazing human being and you you deserve and deserved and deserve it for the future to have the people around you appreciate you fully. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, totally, totally. And of course, um, we can, we'll, clo we'll close out with, I might, you know, because of time, we're actually, look at this, Carla. Uh, I know. Setting records over here. <laughs> I know. 
Um, so I may be like, okay, we can go ahead and name some more songs or Carla because I already went over my three. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, she's had a lasting impact on music for sure. Um, so I definitely want to talk about that. And then um, I'll give Megan's words here too. But first, what are your thoughts on uh, Janet Jackson's lasting impact? Okay, well, first of all, let me just read off her achievements, okay? In her 45-year career, she has had seven number one albums on the Billboard 200 albums chart, 10 number one songs on the Billboard Hot 100, 18 consecutive top 10 hits, five Grammys won out of 26 nominations. She was the first female artist to be nominated for Producer of the Year, the first artist to be nominated across five musical genres. She has won 11 American Music Awards, from 34 nominations and 11 Billboard Music Awards for 20 nominations. Uh, she has uh, an Oscar nomination and a Golden Globe nomination for writing the theme song to Poetic Justice. And she won the first MTV Icon Award. And she's also received World Music Awards Legend Award and is one of the few female R&B artists inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and has received the GLAAD Vanguard Award for her support of the LGBTQIA plus community. Those are just the achievements on paper. What we, when we look at the, the landscape of music since she, since she shut her uh, joified Janet Jackson image, you look at, you know, everybody talks about the influence that Michael has had on, on, on videos. And yes, not to say that he hasn't because clearly he has, but her impact is no lesser. She has um, an aesthetic that people have tried to copy, emulate, or just refer to and, and pay homage to since she started doing videos. And her her look, her singing style is so unique that there's really nobody like her anywhere. You can see her influence in... Um, in the staging that a lot of artists have kind of uh, grown from, you know, like you, you have Britney Spears and um, Beyonce and all of these, and a lot of similar artists who you you can see the influence. You can see her her her, you know, DNA in their in their work. Um, and it's not to call them derivative; it's just to say that she has had an impact, just like she has been impacted by other artists and by her own family, she has made an impact on, um, on music and what black women can see themselves doing because that's one of the things where representation is so important. She made it not just big, but she made it huge at a time when, well, at a time when, because we're still at a time when black women are not seen as worth looking at or paying attention to but you know without her we don't have missy elliott we don't have so many of the really ground shattering artists that came after her who had her as an example to follow and who who whom she inspired the the content of of her music is also amazing because she Took, she did literally take control. And from that album forward, there is 
such a, a uniqueness to who she presents, her, how she presents herself. And although she, it, it, uh, some of it does get kind of lost for a few years, at, at least in my opinion, there is still Janet Jackson-ness all throughout it. And like you said, you know, she has that, that light. She has just something so special to her that it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing to behold and it's amazing to, um, to be at a time where we're part of a world that has her music in it and that has her performances and her acting and her, her style that we can look at and, and just just look at her and wonder because she's, you know, I've run out of words to describe how amazing she is. She's, she's, you know, an icon for a reason. And I think that it's ridiculous that, um, that her ascent was clipped by something that has no real, it's not of importance for, for, for starters, but also has no reflection on her talent. It's disgusting on so many levels that her continued ascension got snuffed out by the most ludicrous of things. And that so many people kind of wrote her off after that because her talent has not lessened over time. So I, I think that this is somebody who is just long overdue for people to, for the people who haven't been paying attention to her, for people to really sit with why that is and maybe think about going back and, you know, looking at, at her catalog and, and because I, I think that there's something there for everybody. She's one of the few artists whose um, whose body of work is so rich that there's a song for everybody. There's a message for everybody. There's a style for everybody. And it doesn't make her a scattered person. It makes her so fascinating and so unique. Yeah, I, I you know, like I said a little bit at the beginning, I, Doing this, deciding to do this this episode, which thank you, Carla, for suggesting this. This was Carla's suggestion, by the way, <laughs> has made me appreciate her a lot more than I did. And I think, like you said, Carla, definitely go listen to her music. And if you don't find at least like five songs that you love, I will be shocked because she just is incredible. She's an amazing, amazing artist. She's so talented because I think there are some pop artists and some artists that started like, you know, in the eighties and the nineties that people can kind of, kind of write off because they were such good performers or they did good, um, like good stage performers, I mean, or they did good music videos, but like their actual songs and their actual singing wasn't that great. There's a certain person I'm thinking of when I Honest, and I'm sure people can. Madonna. Yes. Madonna. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm. I'm I don't know thing. I, I've yeah. never seen the appeal, especially, and it's not about pitting 
women against each other. I think it's, for me, it's about standards of beauty and about, there's a lot of racism tied up into that because Madonna has been held up as this amazing icon. And frankly, I just don't think that her, her, oh gosh, it sounds kind of mean to say like her talent doesn't measure up, but her particular vocal range, I don't think merits the salivating by people that seems to be to be out there. I, I think if, if you look at it strictly from a, a point of view of like, okay, let's put on these records and, and just tell me which one has more heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and I, I also just don't like Madonna in general. I, I think she's a bit of a scumbag. Yeah, I, I agree. So we have officially pissed off probably a lot. <laughs> I don't care. Sorry, Madonna fans. <laughs> Yeah, we, we probably will piss off more of them when we talk about Lady Gaga later this year. I'm sure we will. Oh, yes. So, but yeah, I, I think she's all around. She's like an amazing musician, an amazing singer, an amazing dancer, an amazing, um, you know, like coming up with some of these. And I understand. I mean, I realize she's not the only one that would come up with the concepts for all the music videos. I realize that. But still, it's basically she is giving a performance in there that's not just about the music. It's about the story and the story she's creating and she's helping to create it. And you wouldn't have a lot of music videos you've had since then without her. You wouldn't have the music you've had without her. She's influenced a lot of people and her dancing. I mean, her dancing has influenced a lot of people, just her presence. And I don't think she gets enough credit. And I think sadly a lot of it is because of that super bowl incident i think sadly that's all anybody ever thinks about anymore when it comes to her and that's so awful because she's so amazingly talented she's just incredibly talented and i'm so grateful to you carla for having us this because it really gave me a whole new appreciation for her honestly as an artist i was just like wow i that's why I wasn't keeping track of my three limit, and I get going. <laughs> going so well, it's hard to limit yourself to three anything's by her, because yeah. she has like eighty thousand of them. <laughs> I know, I know. I had to stop myself from writing so many, but I was like, no, I better. <laughs> this panel. Yeah, I know. And then I broke my rule. <laughs> That's okay. I think Janet Jackson would forgive me. <laughs> I agree. I think so. Whether it's in her best interest or not. Oh, I, I move me a thousand. <laughs> she'd be happy that I'm praising her, so that we're praising her. There we go. There we go. I meant. Um, and and Megan did uh, just. Megan said, I just want the world to know that Janet Jackson, I mean, this is pretty much the same stuff we've been saying, but that Janet Jackson really changed the game um, and pop as well as R&B or in, sorry, in pop as well as R&B for a lot of artists today. And she was the blueprint and she did not deserve anything that the media put her through. And I guess, and I I should have asked her what song it was because I'm not familiar but i guess mary j blige had a line about her on her new album and um like i guess been a tribute to her so yeah i did i yeah i should have 
looked up the song. But so, yeah, just everybody kind of agrees. I think she's an icon and I just we need to start start remembering her as an icon for the music and for her acting and for her performing and for her dancing and for all of that stuff and not for something else. So yeah. And if there's one thing that came out of all of that is that now when I, you know, when there's a scandal about uh, somebody in the public eye, I am a lot less inclined to just take it for somebody's word that, Oh my gosh, somebody did something. It's like, okay, well, tell me more because the media is often so thirsty for um for content that they will just pull at any tiny little thing and make it into something so much bigger than it needs to be sometimes it's merited sometimes it's simply not like with this there was no need for all of that hoopla no need whatsoever and there are other instances where um People are just out there living their lives and have a, you know, like a slip up where it's taken advantage of by, by people who don't care about them, who only care about sensationalism and who will bury a person in their career just for clicks. Yeah, we live in a society and we live in a world where people prefer to watch people fail and watch people fall instead of succeed and a lot of it i think stems from our own insecurities as human beings and i think sometimes people feel if they can if they can watch someone fall apart especially someone who's successful then it makes their failings that they might feel inside not that bad because they're like well you know if this person can fall then i'm not like this failure. I don't know. I think people use it as a way to make themselves feel better. And to be clear, we're talking about stuff like this. We're not talking about, you know, you know, like me too stuff. I want to be clear on that. I just wanted to say that just because I I think too often people wrap that up into the same thing and it's not the same thing at all. It's not. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're, I mean, you know, because we've said before, cancel culture really isn't a thing when it comes to that stuff. It is when it comes, sadly, to like this. I mean, you look at what happened to Janet Jackson compared to what's happened to some people that have done horrible, awful things. Yes. Who actually have done things, not yes. have done, had things done to them. Yes. And it's it's mind-blowing. It's just, it really is infuriating. So, yeah, I mean... You know, we'll be talking about Whitney Houston on our next episode. And that is another instance of that, of the media wanting to tear apart someone and wanting to watch their life crumble and fall apart, especially because it's someone who is so talented and especially because it is a black woman as well. So um, we'll be talking a lot about that, you know, and, and, and there's, you know, and then there's also, of course, the sexism on top of all of this stuff and misogyny and everything, you know, I talked about the the show Pam and Tommy, which, as I've said, I'm very conflicted about it because I know Pamela Anderson is very upset about this, although this is a very pro-her show. And, you know, when the sex tape came out, you know, there is a scene of her t- 
talking to Tommy and saying, this is much worse for me. This is going to be much worse for me. He's like, why? And she's like, you know, because people are going to be applauding you and giving you high fives. He's like, why would it be worse, worse for you? She's like, I'm a woman. <laughs> of course, it's going to be worse for me. It's like, yes. so Carla, you can name some more songs and videos, a few more. Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to start out. I'm just going to go down the line here. Miss you much. I miss you much. It's just such a, you know, groovy little song. Lonely, which is one of, I think, the best songs just ever. It, it's, I, okay. See, because I'm not ready to describe it, but it's really good and it's a classic. And the thing is like, it still sounds really current. If you go back and listen to it, it sounds like it could have come out like, five years ago it's it's it just really stands the, te the test of time i promise you i will restrain myself and then just add together again because it's just sweet it's just a sweet song that's the way love goes there we go i'll throw in that one that's the way love goes because it's just so, so smooth and sensual and sexy and kind of melancholic but in a sexy way. Melancholy, but make it sexy. <laughs> I'll just second the whole album of Rhythm Nation 1814. I'm just going to second that because every single song on that album is amazing. Every single song on the album Control is amazing too. So every single song. Um, I want to mention the, the black and white video for Miss You Much. I like that video a lot too. Yes. That video is so good really really good really go watch her videos I, I was like i went down a youtube rabbit hole with watching those so it's really easy to do there's like playlists don't don't do the these are the top 10 best videos because then you don't see the videos it's like two second clips and it's like okay <laughs> so i see that you've been fooled yes it happened to me <laughs> i'm warning you but it's very easy to find them on YouTube. Just, you know, you, I almost said Google, but you YouTube search. What is it called? <laughs> I, I mean, you go to YouTube and there's a search bar. Is that what you're referring to? Because otherwise I have no idea. <laughs> that is what I just didn't know if there was like a special <laughs> name. <laughs> YouTube it. You, you, YouTube. <laughs> like Google it. YouTube it. Look for it on the search bar in YouTube. <laughs> so I'm trying to be cool, Erin. <laughs> I know, I should learn. Sorry, my voice cracked again. I'm telling you, something's going on. <laughs> reminds me of, of the Brady Bunch when Peter's voice is changing. It's time to rearrange. But yeah, so go, go look at that. Go listen to her amazing catalog of music. And once again, if you don't find at least five minimum, five, <laughs> I feel like I'm assigning homework. <laughs> I'm going to turn around and put it on the, on the blackboard. <laughs> you have until this date to give me five. <laughs> no, but seriously, she's amazing. And once again, thank you, Carla, because now I just want to listen to her music. Um, and also, I think she, she uh, deserves more appreciation for her acting as well. She's a really, yes. really good actress. So talented. She's so good. 
She's very good at the eye acting, as we like to. Yes. We haven't talked about eyes in so long. It's true. We haven't. That's very weird. It is so weird. I don't know why we haven't, but we haven't. <laughs> Thank you so much, Carla. This has been a lot of fun, and I'm really happy that we keep talking about music lately. Uh, we've got lots of music coming up this year, so it's going to be exciting. So, Carla, where can they find you and Bedwed or Behead? <laughs> well, you can get that beautiful mug at our Red Redbubble store if you're so inclined. Look for Bedwed or Behead Pod. You can also listen to Bedwed or Behead Pod, hosted by me and by Meg, who was in the comments earlier, trolling us as she often does. It is Bedwetter Behead Podcast, wherever you get your podcast on. Uh, look for us on Twitter at Bedwet Behead Pod, on Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod, on other social media places with blue logos. Look for Bedwetter Behead Podcast. You can find me and my photography at Carlatemis on both Twitter and Instagram. And, that, and my website is carlatemis.com, C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S. Article? Oh, yes. And I have an article on The Insider about parenting and quarantining, and it's very 2022. You'll love it. Look for my name on the search bar and Insider. There isn't a special name for that either. <laughs> the Insider Bar. Hey, that sounds like a cool little bar. So this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at EAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. On TikTok, we've got a great little PG-13 TikTok video up there right now. <laughs> it's a fandom thing pod. What? Super PG-13. Yes, all about my men. <laughs> Who are absolutely not chained anywhere in or outside of her house. They're not. They're not. Someday they will be on this podcast. Oh, okay. I thought this was going somewhere else. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> One of them is going to be on here to talk about Magnolia with me. I'm telling you, when that happens in November, who's going to be laughing then? Whoa! <laughs> I don't know, Erin. I don't know if anybody's going to be laughing that. I'm very scared. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but if you would like to be an interview guest, I am totally PG-13 in my interviews, okay? Or PG. Or G. I can <laughs> be whatever rating you want me to be. But seriously, if you want to be interviewed... Feel free to reach out to the show at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. Potentially interviewed, I should say. <laughs> there are some people I won't interview. So just so you know, I don't know who those people are. But uh, but you're out there. You're out there. You know who you are. You White Sox fans. <laughs> <laughs> Cubs fans, you're welcome. White Sox fans. <laughs> Same for Cardinals fans. Next thing we're gonna like go through like all of the sports teams and you're gonna severely cut down in your options for guests. <laughs> I know, I know. And I'm not even that big into sports. That's the funny thing. <laughs> Except for baseball. 
Sorry, I just cannot get over the White Sox thing. I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> Clearly, you were so upset. I'm like, no, Justice, you deserve better. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this part of his evolution, he changes out of being a Sox fan. <gasps> oh, that's... It was character growth. That's poetic justice, too. anyway on our next episode we are going to be talking about whitney houston and i'm very excited to talk about that one too we have a packed panel for that one i allowed one extra person on so yeah that that, that'll be a lot of fun it's going to be bex and kimberly from big reputations pod and then ishelle from liberty diner dish so we've got some guest podcasts on And then Megan is going to be on that one as well. So that should be a fun one. Oh, you will want to also support my streaming bubble because coming to your ears Sunday is an episode all about Finn Whitrock. It was amazing. When we recorded that, I went, it is so, I say it on the episode. It's so nice to be talking about Finn when I know I'm not going to be teased at all during this whole thing. (laughs) And his name was said correctly. (laughs) But yes, we go on a journey, me and Jen from my streaming bubble. We go on a journey through his catalog of movies. Some good. Some not. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Finn. But my All-American, I can't do football movies, especially football movies like that. So I'm sorry. (laughs) But anyway, so keep an ear out for that one because that was so much fun. And I am so grateful to her for letting me geek out about Finn Whitrock for two hours. But it was fun to talk about his body of work. (laughs) Okay, well, we will say goodnight now. Thank you to anyone who watched this and watched it devolve in the last 20 minutes to what it was. We love you. And until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.